0: Welcome to Bubbling Up with your host, Joe Sori and Steve Vermosi. We're going to be talking comics and comic-related stuff, and you're going to listen to us talk comics and comic-related stuff. Look, this is how podcasts work. I don't make the rules, okay? Anyway, you're going to love us like Rob Liefeld loves pouches.
1: Here we go. Hello, Comic Crushers, and welcome to Bubbling Up, an adult conversation about the wide world of comics. I'm your evil foil of Superman, Joe Soria, along with the true seed collector, Steve Ermosi. How you doing? On today's show, we will be covering Steve-O's latest pick, the 2020 grungy alien apocalypse story, The Seeds. And we'll also then be finishing off Mr. Robert Kirkman's created uh, Invincible animated series on Amazon. And then we might even throw in a little bit of Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, tie a bow on that. I'm sure we'll touch on plenty other curios of the comic worlds. So what's going on, Steve? Oh,
0: not much, man. I'm uh, looking forward to, uh, to this episode. Number five,
1: right? Five. Five and five alive. Five, five, alive. five alive. Johnny five. <laughs> Johnny five. Johnny five. Johnny five. Okay. Here comes number five. all ready for it. Uh, so let's get started with some comic news and I'll send you right back to Steve. All right. Just
0: a couple of things I wanted to mention today. Um, we got, I, I, I was reading an uh, article about how Chloe Zhao is getting some really high praise about Eternals from some of the cast, especially this article mentioned Angelina Jolie saying that she's a very special director. And I just feel like I've been seeing a lot of little things like this that are adding up to me being really excited for the Eternals. In fact, it's probably the thing at least this year that I'm most excited for in the Marvel universe. So
1: I think uh, that's, you know, I mean, let's just just reiterate, close out. Just won the Oscar for best director for uh, what the second female director win that the first Asian American or Asian director, not Asian American. She does live in America now, but she's from China. And I think that's, you know, quite, quite an amazing choice that is very prescient um, on their front to like have literally the Oscar winner also be releasing a Marvel movie, like that must enter like the year of it, not like 20 years later, like a Kenneth Branagh or something directing a Thor movie. But, uh, but right in there, I did not even see the trailer. I know there was little snippets that came out online actually this week too. Um, Just a little teaser. Yeah little teaser but i'm sure it was good and i know that the joke was that kevin feige said he didn't know that like green screen could look so good and it's like no we filmed that <laughs> we filmed that that in the real life so that's why it wasn't uh, so it's like sometimes real life is cooler than, yeah uh, than the spaceship so sounds like a chloe Zhao
0: answer to that you know no yeah. i'm not doing that on green screen
1: <laughs> no. and she's i mean if someone's going to shoot a pasture i know she did it in nomadland i love uh personally the writer was a personal favorite i really enjoy that movie it's quite an intimate movie so i uh, i'm really looking forward to this and i know one of the notes that i have for upcoming episode is to pick an eternal comic because i've never even heard of this before this and i before this movie i'm guessing i'm not in the minority of being i don't know what the f and eternal is so. uh neil gaiman did a great run in the early 2000s so check that one out that's what i saw but we that might be uh on the upcoming episode so uh pin years back folks you know? yeah Keep, yeah, keep
0: keep listening for that. All right, so uh, piece of news number two: after five years on the Black Panther series, Ta-Nehisi Coates is hanging it up. Uh, I read a little bit of the run. It was everything that I read was great. But John Ridley, is actually taking over. He's the writer of Twelve Years a Slave, and I think he did a bunch of stuff in England or or you know some British uh, stuff as well. So he's taken over to write that series. I want to finish up the the Coates Run and then and then uh, looking
1: forward to seeing what they do next
0: on that one. But uh,
1: I, yeah, that's that's been on my list for a while too. I read the first few issues individually, and I think uh, something I, I tailed off, but I'm definitely down to give that a, a revisit as well. So I'm sure it's on the high list and probably worth some time, especially if he's closing out a run. I think uh, some of our future ideas are you know when things close out to kind of catch up and you know make sure kind of line, line up with that. So, sounds yeah. good.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the final thing that I have for you guys is uh, just uh, <laughs> an interesting piece of miscellany that I stumbled, stumbled across. There's a plan, planned Hulk arc uh, that was originally begun in 1984 that's just seeing print now. Doesn't look like a Hulk book, really, but looks interesting. Uh, books called Monsters, written by Barry Windsor-Smith and published by Fantagraphics, um, going to be released uh, actually today uh this day of recording it's may 5th so if you're listening to this it's out go check it out it's going to be quite expensive at 80 dollars, but um the copy on it reads uh created over a period of 35 years uh monsters is a tour de force of visual storytelling part family drama uh, part espionage thriller part metaphysical journey it's an intimate portrait of Individuals struggling to reclaim their lives in an epic political odyssey across two generations of American history. And I did see some of the art in it and it looks awesome. So if you have the extra 80 bucks to drop on a comic, go go nuts on that one. Uh, and Check it out. But uh, yeah, yeah that so that's that's all the news that I have. But uh, we'll put links up for all this stuff uh, in the show notes.
1: Yeah, I think one of based on one of the ending, uh, one of our end of episode recommendations, I would definitely be interested in this, so I'll save that as a little, little teaser. So, you know, I think we're all done with the news for now, so let's take a quick break and we'll be back to discuss Ann and David Aha's The Seeds. And we're back and we're going to discuss uh, Steve's recent pick, uh, or newest pick, uh, The Seeds. I can do the rundown. I've got the publisher's Dark Horse Burger Book imprint, writer Ann Ascenti. David Aha is the artist and editor, Karen Berger, and Steve-O has this written down that she was one of the catalysts for Vertigo, so that's why we're giving her a shout-out. So, as we've spoken about Vertigo every episode, and I guess this being, that's what you just said. You said it's Cinco de Mayo, and I was thinking, it's 5-5, five, five, and we're episode 5. That's like super, super karma. I didn't even like put the math together. All it's the definitely fives. Better. It's been a karma day for me. I'm gonna give you a little taste of something. This is little, you'll like this. Let me give it quick. So I had a meeting yesterday, and I put a question in, and it was um it was a question to like you know start everyone chatting. And I like to have a nice question that also make sure everyone's mic works, you know, and stuff like that. So I, I said, "What is your favorite dessert?" And also, it's May the Fourth, you know. So favorite Star Wars character, and everyone gave it out, gave it answers. I said I was thinking specifically of this one dessert I only had once in my entire life. It was a baklava ice cream is a mediterranean restaurant in maine and so i was like so excited and i just started getting hungry thinking about it On my way back last night i ordered something online at this new place that makes ice cream sandwiches i ordered a great cookie sandwich with pistachio in it i get there i've never been there before i'm very very excited they're like we don't have pistachio ice cream and then they walk me to the back what do they have baklava ice cream so, how was so it? I, it was the life. Delight- it's so big. It's like <laughs> this big. And I know I'm doing hands on video and I know this is go- totally off topic, but I just want to get into good mood because I feel like the seeds is the opposite uh, <laughs> of a good mood. And so I'm trying to like build up a little energy here before we have d- this. I double, I double downed here. I double downered on this episode, I think. So I, I'm, I'm feeling that energy of just half of that ice cream sandwich from last night. Top half was a peanut butter cookie. Bottom half was Snickerdoodle covered in brownie crumbs. My God. And, and uh, it's delicious. So when you come on up north, Steve, I will take you to Stack. I believe it's called Stack Creamery. So, Sounds good. Um, so tell us about the seeds, uh, and and David and As- Ascenti, and, uh, sorry, and and David's creation.
0: Yeah, so this is uh, just a dark, slightly pre-apocalypse book. I guess it's like kind of the waning days of humanity. It seems like, and just to accent that, there are some aliens that show up to uh, collect the seeds, almost like they're filling their own apocalypse vault, like we like we've got here on Earth. When the um,
1: aliens, I mean, when the aliens are here, it's almost the next step is apocalypse. I mean, I assume we've never, right. we've only had one or two of the aliens. It's good. Good things are happening here. Mm-hmm. Maybe. The rest of them, it's, uh, it's, it's coming.
0: I like, I like the fact that in this one though, they're not really, it's not there. They're just here to like kind of catalog
1: humanity before we're, out of here of our own like doing you know <laughs> well, are they trying to catalog it or are they trying to aren't they trying to make money is that the whole point because they're killing yeah i guess hunt, so killing it so they're actually just mining it in essence right yeah i mean so, they're, they're, is,
0: they're getting what they can but it's not worth anything unless humans are dead you know
1: yeah that's They've it's uh it's that's very strange because today actually I, I tried to sell some Atari games and some uh Wii <laughs> games today. So I, I got some hot hot bites on that and uh those are those are dead systems too. So well,
0: there you go. It works out perfectly.
1: All right. Um, so uh what are our characters here on, on Seeds Island or Seeds World or whatever it's called? There's no place, I believe, dictated in it at all. It's just grimy city number number two.
0: Yeah, right? yeah. No, it's it's some grimy ass city separated from the grimy ass desert by a wall. Um but you've got your You've got Astra, who's, I guess, kind of the main driving character of this. Uh, She's a journalist trying to do a story about the wall and, like, what's on the other side and all this stuff. You've got Gabrielle, her editor. You've got uh, Lola and Race, who are having – Race is one of the aliens who's come to Earth. Lola is a woman with some sort of uh, handicap who – you know, doesn't have the use of her or has limited use of her legs. So she's gets around in a wheelchair, but ends up going outside the wall where there's no like technology or anything. And, you know, kind of has to get along out there with, with race, her, her alien lover. <laughs> um, You've got nut wad. Uh, you've got the aliens who, who are m- made of other than race, nut wad 13 and Sandy, just a whole weird Bag of names there. Nutwad is, I guess, the important one. He's just kind
1: of the dick, dickhead boss of the of the crew. He's the one out. that's that's naked with his nuts out. Is that yes whole point. Or, right? Okay. Yeah. So that I, is his. I, tr- I was trying to figure out who who was who when they were doing those things. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I don't want to like step on my own moves, but I just I didn't get. The aliens—they were all looked this. They all had hoods and like this the gas mask. And the gas mask, yeah. Except confusing. for
0: thirteen had like the bandages instead of the gas mask. Oh yes, that's right. Space.
1: So just the two with the gas masks. Okay, yeah. so I still yeah. All right.
0: And then uh, and then there was these other four characters who are kind of just like mouthpieces for interesting philosophical discussions about the end of the world. There's Alice and Buddy who are these two, like, I guess, technician or like something. They're down in a tunnel talking about like one's talking about how his text or one's talking about how our techs going to save the world. And one's talking about how his uh, like mushrooms are going to save the world. <laughs> and then there's Jack and Susan who live on a farm outside the wall and kind of um, bounce off of the story in a kind of secondary way. But they have their own like kind of philosophical discussion about like, uh, there's a quote where Jack says, what does he say? He says something like, uh, I'd rather live and get eaten than not live at all. And like, they have the whole discussion of life, life and death. And then, mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: meanwhile, Alice and buddy are having this discussion of like technology versus nature and things like that. So I, I, I think that it's interesting. I think that they have a lot of uh, this book throws a lot of stuff at the wall as, which is kind of up my alley. I know we're going to talk about a little bit of your your take on on this stuff in a little bit, but I enjoyed this book for just throwing a bunch of philosophy and sociology problems without actually having a necessarily an answer for any of them. It's just kind of like how do you live in a place where everything is like where well, your whole life is a question? Like, what are you going to do tomorrow? You know, like stuff like that. Right. So um, that's kind of what I what I like about this, and I've I've read a couple reviews on this that it's like this just throws a whole bunch of shit at the wall and like has nothing to say about it and i'm like i don't know if it has nothing to
1: say about it it definitely throws a lot of shit at the wall it has i think it has a point of view but it doesn't have anything i don't want to say wasn't it nothing new or something uh there, there slightly, are slightly different take but it's very there's deriv- derivation here i don't think oh sure like this is not a pure uh, a pure creative act probably really. that's all sure sure I,
0: I i would argue that almost nothing Not that it can be at this point, but like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like you, you can definitely see like kind of the, the references in here and stuff like that. Um,
1: Yeah. I mean, I could, I can take it for a second. I I think, well, number one, I think the, 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 the key driver here is the, is the visuals, but I think we'll save that for, for secondarily, you know, to me, it had the, the vibes of a lot of things that I love but not the execution of what I love I think is is what I would say it it felt more like Johnny Mnemonic than like Dark City or Blade Runner or Escape from New York or Elite Battle Angel even the the comic not the movie you know it felt like the movie not the comic you know so um and not that I've read a ton of that but there's just like there's no cyborgs in this, but basically it might as well have been, they're just aliens instead of cyborgs, you know, sub, sub it in. It's going to, I don't think it was raining the whole time, but it was raining the whole time in my world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so and no food, you know, and the the low tech zone scenario, which I don't, maybe I missed if you mentioned that part, but to me that, that part was specifically like Johnny M- mnemonic. And then it was called the zone, which is the name of the zone in like the stalker movie, like the stalker, of the movie. Um, So to me, it's like a lot of, lot of references to a bunch of stuff. And the big takeaway here, I think, the most creative acts were like creating people that are addicted to seeing aliens. You know, like fake aliens anonymous. I thought that was a, a cute little. Like to me, it was the tweaks that I liked. The reporter scenes, I liked the romance scenes, and I thought those were the best. Mm-hmm. And all of the explainer and information, well, like you know, when they, I'm blanking on the word that you know, but the the boring part was really <laughs> boring and kind of purposely shaded and like uh, opaque where, but not in a good way. It was just like, I don't really have an answer to this. So I'm just going to make like, it be like little snippets of buzzwords across like eight different pages and put it in someone's mind. So I think that's my, my, my issue there. But uh, like I said, yeah, I I really like that alien, the alien, those two alien portions and those the romance parts were the best part, but they're also the most intimate. I think the individual smaller scenes that weren't on the grand scale were the most important and the best. That's what I thought.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, I would agree with that. I think that is the heart of this. And, like, I, I know that when um, Anne Nesenti was writing this, for sure, like, it, she wanted to have cut each of her four issues into four parts and, you know, have each of those parts deal with one quarter of the people that are involved in this. It's just that – and then, you know, they all kind of come together. But, like, mm. it's for sure the people – the, the farmers outside the wall and then I don't even know where Alice and Buddy are supposed to be
1: like I guess down in the you know in the- No they're in that green biotech place that's the tattoo you see it I don't want to super spoil but like the tattoo at the end uh, so I believe they're the ones making like these seeds or the super seeds or whatever's going on in that like plants that they keep showing that's killing the bees I think
0: yeah I think well I know they things were things they were trying funny. to make the uh the, the mechanical you know replace the bees with you know bee bots and yeah, I
1: think that's what it was—that or like kind of like the anti-GMO type, like evil corporation, like yeah. trying to make the super seeds but destroying the real. Like just, it's kind of what the aliens are doing. They're destroying the the world so that they can sell the seed somewhere else. So right. Monsanto, whoever else, you know, I don't know what they're called these days, but the people making those super seeds—that's the the reason it's called—is the seeds, right? I mean, so not to get well, into, yes, you know? yes,
0: yes. But um, well, I mean that the aliens aren't necessarily like trying to interfere with human life. They're not actively killing anyone. They're just that they have heard, right? I think that's the point. Like they've heard that this is supposed to be the end for humanity or they figure like so they they have a they have a line that you know these the seeds of earth are going to be important soon so uh they go and collect whatever
1: yeah i guess i'm not sure if we're supposed to think they're the only ones there i I guess it wasn't is and again this is the it wasn't clear like the you know there's a reporter there's these things there's a lot of non-clarity here and that is supposed to some people think that is like cool and like late 90s mid 90s indie cinema and like but that really pissed most people off where it had no ending or no reasoning people want reasons so i don't want to say that you have to have one but if you're not going to have to have one you have to really come heavy i think the other way and i think it kind of didn't have a pure reason and also didn't have like a pure the vibe i think kind of petered off it started strong then i i don't i don't think it stuck with me the whole wasn't, time yeah. wasn't
0: uh didn't go hard enough on like the surreality of the whole thing you think mm,
1: really? i just it's like it, it became very personal but also felt like it was kind of somehow wasn't rushed it, it was it was actually it felt like it was only too almost too many issues for what it was like it almost seemed like two issues instead of four issues like there was something not making a ton of sense like the crossing the border you thought would be a bigger deal and it just kind of something and then she's handicapped but i don't get what they just kind of like toss that off right she's in a wheelchair the whole thing but it just seems to be like it's we're supposed to make it like not a thing maybe or that's the point but she's going to the other side of the with no electronics, with a with a with like an electric wheelchair, or is it electric? I don't, I don't, I don't think know. it was electric, but... Uh, there was something, there's just that part, and they, they just, they, they had some ideas about like the, the, the no technology zone, and like the loss, and like the problems, and they just didn't really address them at all, they just said they were there, and I thought they were cool ideas that didn't get, exec- basically just didn't get executed in the story, so we could hear the aliens talk to each other, which it wasn't <laughs> that entertaining, or yeah. the the biologists talk to each other so um, why don't we don 't we shift to the art, which I think we 're both a fan of personally, and mm. I, I, I want to lead on this one so david i 'm not a big um I don't know how much he's done. I looked up like on the local, like library level and I only saw three things and I had read all of them. So I know I know him mostly from Hawkeye, the the big Matt Fraction Hawkeye series that I think they're doing into the new Hawkeye TV series, which is like about Hawkeye and a, a young girl taking over his job, basically. It has this kind of you know, like fifties, sixties, but also feeling modern, like color palette black and white, noir. I said I called like a hard inking almost where it's like it's very dark in the ink sections and then like very light and like shaded in the non so it's very effective it's not colorful they're very muted colors for the most Mm. part so the black with the muted colors and it it gives this like end of the world fogginess of everything that that's what sucked me in from the beginning and that and i think i don't know if it's on the first page but it's on a lot of them is those you know the b stuff I was like, I'm getting tired of this, but I also love watching him draw it. So I'm okay with it. Like there's like the development of like the three zoom outs from the bee where it's like little, little. little, And then they made those. uh, I love that the fence was the same size as the bee hive pattern. And that's where they were. That's the place they were going or that's where the factory was. They kept showing. So I'm pretty sure that's the whole connective tissue that I might have just stumbled upon now in my mind that I probably didn't get when I was reading it. I kind of stopped reading sometimes the, the dialogue cause I was looking at the art so much and I, I was just enjoying it so much. So, I mean, those, those are the big things for me. And I know you had a, a note here on the grids, but I'll I'll, so I'll leave that one for you Bo. So what, what do you, what did you think of David Aja's, uh arc? Art? Yeah. I, uh,
0: I, you know, like you said, I absolutely loved it. I know that the only thing that I had ever seen from him earlier was Hawkeye. And I'm sure he's got like other projects, but
1: he did an, a immortal Fist also with Fraction and Brew Baker that I read uh, one book of that's really really good. I'm actually in the middle. I one after this, I immediately got the second one, so I am now reading book yeah. two of that series because those are my Brew Baker with this t- combined. It's like well Brew Baker with anybody, but especially this like he has a different style for him, but a great different style for him. So yeah, Phillips or one of the other guys that he works with a lot.
0: I would really love him to see him start doing some more uh, creator-owned stuff because his art is awesome, very very atmospheric, like you said, This, like washed out, like it, it. So the interesting thing is, you look at this and you immediately your brain tells you it's black and white, but it's really there's color in this. It's it's like green scale. Um, the color of the of the art is like green, and it's just this like really washed out not i mean like grayish green almost you know like just just really light um dirty green and and it's such a fucking cool thing there's um i i wanted to mention that the shading is all done in, like this dot pattern that is reminiscent of like old comics you know like comics from the 50s and stuff that got printed in newspapers pointillist
1: almost like roy lichtenstein yeah. basically with like the the pointing colors um although that's the pointing of the whole thing but yeah
0: yeah just uh just a very cool thing and then, and then um we mentioned this on the I I recently edited the Sheriff of Babylon episode that we did uh, I think episode 3 and we mentioned this same thing but this makes like pretty heavy use of the, of the nine panel, which is probably more of a, the writer's decision than the artist. but makes a uh, very heavy use of like the nine panel grids. And I really, so like, you don't see a ton of that in like comic uh, superhero comics and things mm-hmm. like that, but in, in more independent stuff, you do have these because they provide like a way to kind of show these little moments over and like progressing over a fairly short period of time. And I think that a lot of what, especially like you were saying where this book really is good is like the small intimate moments, you know, between uh, Astra and or Lola and race. And, and like, you know, just there's some, some of the smaller moments are better than the bigger sweeping moments, as you're mentioning. So that kind of grid, like really is good for that, for that type of detail oriented moment to moment kind of art.
1: And yeah, it, that structure makes it intimate. I think that that's why I think that it adds to it, honestly, because it's, it, it's 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 a it's a stricture of a structure too. It like keep things small. It's very easy. Well, I mean, when you're with comics, you know, with 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 superheroes, to make like some kind of crazy splashy page where like everyone's jumping in and out and fighting, there isn't as much actual action here. So you you can kind of tell this st- just like you'd write a novel. And you said that the, the part where it's like four, four sections, exactly. This is like four sections of four sections. Like everything is, is neat and clean. And I think there are, he does a good job here. And it gives it clean lines, which is I think also the aesthetic generally of all of the inking and the penciling in general, it's not very, it's very, it's very detailed, but in a, it, it doesn't look hyper-realistic detail. It's detailed mm-hmm. in being a human or a character drawn in this style um, specifically. And I really do. I really did appreciate that. So sorry, you grabbing something. Yeah, no,
0: sorry. I was just grabbing my copy. Cause I wanted to look
1: at something. Yeah. I mean, it, it me. really, it really is. It, it really, I was thinking of the guy, um, the style actually was of Brack's dad like in the Brack show. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like yeah, the yeah, little yeah. dad, like <laughs> the style where like very hard lines, like kind of, you have Spider- Superman behind you, but that's not detailed enough on the face, you know, right. I think right. It's the face, the body and face, the detail are there, but the bl- like the dark, the lines are, are really, really, really good. So Joe is Joe's referring to it, by the way,
0: every episode I put up a <laughs> stupid <laughs> comic panel behind me. So it's just
1: Superman saying, Jimmy, what's up? <laughs> So uh, it's it's just for me, I guess, because no one else is seeing it. It's but just I, for you, man. Uh, it's just for me. I uh, well, just do this for I, fun. I things just, yeah, well, We're not even recording. Don't worry. <laughs> um. So uh, the one note I I think I put here that I skipped to, or but it's similar, was just like it, it kind of gave a Batman vibe, that, like of the darkest dark, like the Dark Knight, almost the. Yeah, I know the white night where it's all black and white, and there's very little color. But the color is there. It's just like it seems like the color of the world is being sucked out, and it's mm. very representational. It's actually very well done, and the, one of the best reasons to kind of look at the book. It has those kind of intro pages and the figures, and you know the standard stylings, but it's still really, really, really well done.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I, I the art is, you know, I I like this story. Sounds like more more than you do, but the art is really the standout on it. The art looks incredible. There is like that. You, you're you're right. It it is a very like heavy like noir influence, noir comics influence, and there's you have like these faces that when they're. Far from you, they're very they're fuzzy There's almost no detail in them you know they're they're just almost an outline of a face, but when you get the close ups of people, you really see their emotions and and you see that uh you know with kind of like a a minimum of lines you know it's not like super detailed in that there's a lot of ink on the making the lines of the face and all that stuff it's just like the Emotions are very obvious with, uh,
1: with, with, you know, whatever is on there. And yeah. I think there's very little body detail in general, except for her, like the tattoos that you see and some other mm-hmm. things. It generally, like the outline of their actual bodies, all are are covered up, whether it's heavy clothes or like a you know almost like a rainy a rainy Seattle type vibe of like you know. So there's no you expect most comics, some kind of boobs are popping out or something, you know. They know their readers a lot of times, <laughs> and obviously this is a female written, and you know that's a joke. I, I don't need I don't need comic boobs anywhere. Believe me, I'm all good. But, you know, it's just it is funny that this movie, it's like and, and we didn't even really touch on it. But the main characters here are two ladies and an alien. There are really no male important characters in this movie, uh, yeah. in, in this comic. So it is a, a non-male driven, like, I guess you'd say the alien is the male, but uh, or is if they're planting seeds. Well, I Well, the, if you remember, a there's
0: scene. a there's a scene where it's like, oh, she uh, Lola says, oh, you got both parts and race says like when
1: I need to. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I I did so, miss that. So there you yeah. go. Um, interesting. But so I guess, you know, maybe I, I got to give it a review for the the reread for the story itself. But uh, do you have any other comments? I mean, we can, you know, pretty much end it off here. So, I mean, for me, we're not doing a pure scale, but I would say on a recommendation level, like the story here to me is like out of a scale of a one to 10 would be a five. The art is an eight and you get an overall like six and a half. So, you know, it's like a two and a half, you know, it's like, it's right there, you know, it's not a pure recommendation, but if you're into the art and the style, I I think it's interesting. You know, I always like to try to give people that they might have a better vibe for it. I think we might discuss some better versions of these apocalyptic type, there are annoying apocalyptic stories, like maybe walking dead. There are <laughs> ones that are finishing maybe in the right time, like Gideon falls. There are ones that are, uh, you know, all over the place, you know, we can keep naming, but th- this seems to be a popular bent. And I-, I did, you know, see in my, I think it was the Wikipedia notes or, you know, it was in the, did you, did you read the big volume or you read the individual issues? Uh, the big uh, volume. Yeah. So there was a little letter she wrote at the end. So this is mm-hmm. one other thing I, I did notice that she, that they mentioned that she was, they've been trying to get this done for like eight years. And so, and then they kind of just changed it to apocalyptic and then it got done. So to me, that part also means something, something wasn't working with this. And she, so I don't know how you're working on four issues for eight years or maybe just keep coming back to it. I mean, I'm sure she's doing other things with yeah. her life. I but, think it was, she pitched um, the idea and they were like, nah, I'm not interested. And
0: then it became something, slightly different. And then as a Karen burger said, Hey, yeah, come on in. But you know, this
1: has a vertigo vibe for sure. So, uh, yeah. you know, on, on that front. So what, 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 any, any recommendation or thought, I mean, you, you, you recommended it to me. So any, you know, what's your, Final say yeah. on your recommendation pick.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I I like this book. I'll probably recommend it to people. I think it's just interesting in terms of like throwing a bunch of questions at the wall. Like you know, like it's not going to stick for everybody. I completely see where you're coming from, and I get that. I you know, I'm not trying to convince people to like this book. I'm just, I just think that I like books like this that that kind of ask their readers questions. Uh, that's a lot of like. That's why a lot of Superhero books don't do it for me all the time because, you know, I I watch TV for that stuff and I read to try and like find something weird or like something different. So you're a
1: deep reader, but a skim watcher. Yeah, exactly.
0: I'm watching the fucking Flash on CW, so that tells you all you need to know about my TV watching. But, well,
1: um... let's let's transition. Uh, we're going to transition to something that might be skimmable in this world. Uh, so we're <laughs> going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to cover the great Robert Kirkman and his uh, adaptation of Invincible. All right, uh, so we're back, and like I said, we're going to discuss, I don't even want to say its name, you know, uh, I'm thinking like just a big a whoosh whoosh, you know, like yeah, and then yeah. blood the, splattering all over the place. We're going to go to the uh, title card. Yeah, <laughs> uh, the title card, like the uh, audio title card is coming with no words, It's just yeah. whoosh and, uh, you know. All the colors, more blood. So we're going to talk Invincible. So, you know, I'll let steve start this one again, since uh, he seems to have a little more bearing experience with uh, Mr. Kirkman than myself.
0: Well, my experience with Kirkman stuff and like, I don't know, I, I feel bad about this. I want to like his stuff, but I find it to be not so great all the time. And like, oftentimes on the moving to the to the screen. So like, I felt the same kind of way about The Walking Dead. The adaptation. Uh, has a yeah has a stronger start than an end so like season season one i kind of felt the same way of walking dead as i feel about invincible there's like this big moment at the beginning of the or at, at the so end- yeah we're going spo- full spoilers here so full just, spoilers yeah,
1: going full spoilers this is a full season we're going full spoilers don't no, uh, no,
0: round. don't can- don't listen to us unless you have seen invincible or no you point. don't
1: want to see it and you want to hear us say things about it and yeah that's the other one cuz you probably could see the whole series in about 10 minutes of us talking about it. So. I
0: have been trying to put chapters on these episodes so you should be able to just skip right up past it if you if you want to. Right. But um anyway,
1: what was I saying? Oh yeah, you're so dancing a, around the ending of the first episode. There's this so.
0: and at the end of the first episode there's this big moment in the show and it's never really the whole rest of the season is never really talked which is I feel like should be a no-no in terms of uh, the way that your season goes. I I feel like it spends the rest of the season trying to build back up to that, you know, strength and it just never quite gets there. The other thing is like, it builds a lot of these interesting characters that go fucking nowhere, um, which, you know, we'll talk about later. For 10
1: hours. I just want to let's make a note out here. This is 10 one hour episodes basically that nothing (laughs) happens in. Sorry. Go ahead, Steve.
0: Oh, well, I mean, a lot happens. Uh, he gets his fucking ass kicked the
1: entire time. <laughs> I don't think that's something happening. I'm pretty sure that's just literally fights. Like, if someone goes in a bar and has different constantly fights, constantly just goes. And having bar fights. Getting no more details. Yeah. That. Constantly going into the hospital and coming out of the hospital. <laughs> how is he invincible? Is that a joke as well? Like, I the, don't get any, he, of, any of it. He, isn't he like a, the god? Like, how are they bleeding? I don't understand any of this stuff. I, I, someone's gonna have to really. They're just play. they're just alien.
0: They're not gods, but like I, I mean, I think that it, I think that is supposed to be a joke that he calls himself invincible and then just proceeds to get his fucking by ass. By far the best
1: episode to- is when he gets the shit kicked out of him by that. <laughs> and the lion main you know, oh, yeah. Greek God of lions character. And they showed him at the end. I'm like, can we just get a series about that guy? That guy seems cool. I'd watch yeah. that series. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I, so I like the, the only thing good about that is I hope like a lot of these characters come back later and are, you know, important,
1: but I mean, th- that was the, the the silliest thing. I mean that at the end there, they showed you where all the characters are at. And you're like, none of these characters did anything. They had one episode of boring <laughs> crap. Like, why are you showing us where the guy, that you basically ended the episode, he's up in the room where he's been since the last episode. Like I don't need 15 recaps. These aren't all individual characters. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I no, know. I mean, I mean, I agree. The, and, and the other thing is that, always bugs me about Kirkman stuff and it always transfers over to his, you know, TV stuff is that his dialogue is the dialogue in the of them is terrible. Oh. Um, and with so many, like, Oh my God, with so many great voice actors, I wanted such like, if you had, imagine if you had really good dialogue in this with all these amazing voice actors you know? or
1: le- here or less dialogue and cut each episode and make it 35 <laughs> minutes. I don't know how many times he repeated what he's like doing it for the people or doing it for somebody. And it's <laughs> like, yeah, you're superheroes. That's the, you're doing it for somebody. Cool. Are there others? I, and I didn't understand. Are these the only five superheroes left? I guess that they were saying at the end, I, 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 like, I think I think there's I, other like teams that are below them. It doesn't seem like there's, like it. there's like nobody else. Teams. There's nobody else. So at the end, there's nobody else. Uh, I, the dialogue here is choppy at best. And I, I think I, I know I had wrote in my notes somewhere, but it, it is the only time I've ever wanted to hear JK. Simmons stop talking
0: uh, <laughs>
1: in my entire life. I love what he talks. I love everything he's done. You know, in the essence, farmer's
0: commercials. Yeah. Give me, or the, what, is it?
1: No, give me the he's an M&M. He's a he knows how to make money. He's good. He's the yellow M&M too. this yeah. guy. He's good. He's done voiceover work. He's done the vo, he does the voice of all kinds. You know, he's he's a great actor as well. He's excellent. You know, all kinds. I've seen him in counterpart. He's been in a Coen Brothers movies. He's been in Law and Order, 15 years of Law and Order stuff. You know, so <laughs> he's just done the whole spectrum. He's so, the, the ultimate working actor somebody did a
0: did, did the meme of uh him uh, so extra spoiler i guess whatever in the last episode he uh him and uh his son you know invincible get into a fight and uh somebody did a meme of of uh him from
1: whiplash whiplash like, miles Teller. Were,
0: were you early or what, what is it are you early or you're late or whatever the fuck he says in that <laughs>
1: so. i mean it makes sense and like that's that's the character that you would get this from. He is always kind of like half bad guy or half good guy. He he does a good job of that. I mean, he's great. But I feel like they spend a lot of time on I mean, you caring about these characters and they just shat on them and not in a fun or interesting way. Like the wife, like you leave her shattered. Like that's the end of the season. That's fucking awful. Um, Like, okay, we're gonna spend the next season of her being sad after she's been like chasing around the problem the whole time, the relationship between the, her son and the w- the girl who knows that she's a superhero, but doesn't give him a break. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, that's, <laughs> that's the lamest thing I've ever heard. Like, you know, it's like, you didn't tell me, Oh, fuck this shit. What the didn't tell me there's the, 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 we give you the same answer that superheroes have been giving since the beginning of time. It's for your own good. Just take it. He's a superhero, you know, you know, and, and I, I just beats played like, she's fine, but she's terrible dialogue. I mean, you know, she's been. She's in Atlanta. She's in one of the best written shows in the world. In the world, and then she's in one of the, the worst dialogue written <laughs> shows that I've heard in a long time. That I've watched all the way to the end. I mean, a lot of times I I quit on these shows, and I just I kind of wanted to see what happened here. And I was like, oh, good, the fight that we knew was going to happen. That they're punching each other across the planet, every punch, but how do you know when they actually get injured? I think if they hit something hard or this guy punches hard and he punches all his teeth out and clearly you haven't watched dragon ball Z, right? Because it's the exact same thing. No, no. And that's what I figured that maybe this is, you know, I thought this was for me. Uh, Like I, where I'm like on the edges of that type of stuff. This is not for me. And uh, maybe I've tried a bunch of these action shows. I've never watched made it through at at all i like old 90s cartoons are my apex i've tried uh, maybe like clone wars i've watched a little bit of and trying to get into but star wars different scenario you know but these you know give me spider-man give me x-men give me you know saturday morning cartoons uh, the blood doesn't do anything for me and it's it's really kind of abrasive and 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 boring honestly it, it's i think what ruins a lot of the boys too it's like overuse of blood and i know there's this whole like you know tarantinoization of you're making blood not matter or that like it's just like an art but it's just gross i think and it's like mortal combat blood mode when you're like 12 years old i'm not 12 years old anymore
0: yeah. Sorry. I mean I, I don't I don't necessarily mind the blood but yeah, I I don't think it's like used in a interesting way or like anything like that. No, but it is. It's like the over the the insane violence for insane violence's sake a lot of times. And whatever. That's fine. Some people like that shit.
1: I can take it or leave it. Like, you know, I like
0: Tarantino. I like when yeah.
1: it's done But well. it's fun. This is not fun. There's no fun in this show <laughs> at all. There's literally no fun. It's just like angry and like ever and like uh bring in Walton Govins who somehow can just like show up everywhere but can't do anything is not an actual superhero, has no skills. It's just like he can teleport. Or he's got like teleporting technology. And then somehow they just send all the cops there and that stops the blue aliens of whatever. I mean there's just like selective stoppage points that I think are just really kind of cheating a lot of there's a lot of cheating i feel like going in this show somehow where like it's just they're reviving people they're doing all kinds of stuff that i know is comic book fodder but you thought this was supposed to be like supposed to be real life you know like okay and this is like real peter parker and you're doing all the kind of things where it's like bloody spider-man bloody superman right like mm-hmm. really bloody and maybe it's coming on the heels of the boys but that, that's like 30 bad guys you know or it's like it is, I mentioned it before, I said Bloody Bugs Bunny, where it's just like he just keeps getting up and getting punched again. And you just have to hear these, I have good surround sound. I wanted to mute the show half the time, honestly. <laughs> I just I just didn't get it. So let's twist this a little bit, because we can keep pooping on this and whatever. I, I didn't read the comic. I, I think you said you might, you did, or you didn't read no. the comic. No, so I don't, I don't know. So I know someone who is enjoying the comic, supposedly, but I, I think if you enjoy the dialogue and comic and everything else, just like Walking Dead, you'll probably enjoy this. I'm not yeah. sure. So what about the animated side? Like let's anything else. I, Cause we did cover it a lot in the first episode. We're covering the blood comment conversation. I don't really like this kind of, I don't think this animation is attractive either. And it doesn't seem like modern. It doesn't seem to give any other effect than just to kind of look like, like the nineties things that I like, but then spin them a different way. So what'd you, what'd you think of that?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think there's been a lot of like, I, I don't think there have been anywhere near as many, like, Dates in comic, uh, like comic animation, so like animated shows and, and movies for comics that there have been in you know movies. Let's say like 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 all live action let's say, or what if this is
1: drawn by like David Aja or whatever, you know, Aja or like how much cooler would this look like being in like a shadow style or anything like just the style choice is almost when you buy like a pre-canned like animation of some sort and just put words on top of it. It really, you know, the colors are cool. There's some good pops and some good costumes, but everything else just doesn't, doesn't do anything for me either. I, I think
0: that's the, that's kind of the thing. Like there's a lot of like really, crazy shit going on
1: Mm.
0: in anime or like you know know, in Japan but like this is kind of almost a uh, like the American version of anime where it's like got that I think they're trying to give it like a little bit of a sheen of of that like anime has but there's nothing there's no interesting like there's not like super interesting art choices being made you know like there's not crazy stuff going on with the art it's just like all right, make this your standard look for like you said like you know make it look like the mid two thousands Avengers
1: TV show, you know, yeah.
0: like, and that's kind of what it looks like. And
1: cool. cool, I didn't watch that, I guess. And this is supposed to be like a high end something. I assume that like, with all this voice talent, you thought like, that's the point here. And I guess my thing is not liking the show. So I don't want to like keep super pooping on this. Is there any other notes or any other final thoughts on invincible? I mean, other than I, I know you always just seem to want to watch more of these things, even after you're not liking it, or it's like, you feel like you have to. I, I, I don't punishment. know. Um, <laughs> if, if someone tells me, someone I trust tells me something good happened in season two, I, I may revisit, but I think, I think I'll save the next 10 hours for the something Decalogue there. or something, you know, something uh, you know, I'll watch, I'll, I'll, I'll watch Shoah, you know, the 10 hour Holocaust documentary from there the 80s. <laughs> it's 10 hours. So I can take that. Any, any other thoughts, final thoughts before, you know, other than that, if you want, I was thinking we could just shift, do a little Falcon Winter Soldier kind of same, same idea. This is also spoilerific since you're already past the main spoilers, but we we didn't cover the show at all. Um, We kind of just did a preview of what we thought of some of the actors. So, I don't, you know, people know what this is, but I think we're just going to go street takes here and not, not really go into the plot. You know, we can talk about the plot, but not run down what the plot is. So, yeah. uh, you know, just like we did on the last one, we didn't really talk about what happened other than there's a fight at the end. I didn't know right. what was a plot for five episodes that we were covering. So,
0: yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I forget. To- we didn't we talk a little
1: bit about like the first two episodes or something? I don't think I yeah. so. I don't think so. I think we did all on division. Maybe uh maybe we did the preview and th- maybe I missed it. I- I've definitely talked about it, but yeah. maybe we did do it. I'm sorry if I, I don't remember the episodes we recorded a little while ago. But either way, it's almost unmemorable at this point. So <laughs> What well, did you the think first, of the, the the back half of the actually, series? We definitely did. So we, we talked about the first three episodes because
0: um, okay. the first three, we were saying like the third one is by far the most interesting, if I remember
1: correctly. And I think that's where. <laughs> is that the one Elijah, the, the, the Elijah Bradley, the, uh, when they meet. Isaiah Bradley. Isaiah Bradley. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Elijah's the son. The, Elijah yeah. is.
0: So I think his son's or his grandson's grandson. name is like Eli, but it's played by this guy, Elijah. We had a. Yeah. We, we, uh, yeah. So anyway, we talked about that. That's where he came and That's where Isaiah comes Carl, in. Carl, Carl <laughs> Lemley, the actor, I believe. given the yeah, yeah. 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 And that's where Zemo comes in as well. So like the interesting things start to happen there. And then there's three more episodes after that. So I guess we'll talk about those. like, as the flag smashers get a little bit more interesting and we kind of, uh,
1: so were you interested in the Flag Smashers? Because I think that like I know that things have come out again that they had to edit out some kind of COVID plotline or some kind of like virus plotline and things don't make sense. Like to me, the flag smashers was similar to what we're talking about in Invincible, where it's just like lost. Same thing with like seeds. It's like characters I don't really even like I care about them as human beings, but I do not care. Like yeah. their representation was so useless. Like there was a lot of useless representation here, I think, outside of the characters we just mentioned with like a um Isaiah Bradley, you know, like, that stuff was really good. The Anthony Mackie parts are really good. Uh, you know, in the second half, the training sequences, he definitely picked up steam. Like I was not all in on Anthony Mackie in the beginning. I think we kind of poo pooed these characters mm-hmm. saying we didn't know anything about their history or even like, like I personally didn't even remember a lot of this stuff. I had to go back and watch the movie. I, I got to reconnect, reconnected to this. I still think it's sputtered at the end it, again, which I think that's the point of these shows because If they give you some crazy denouement, then they can't continue it. It won't lead into something else. (laughs) And so it's just like similarly how we just said with Invincible, there's 15 people shown that you're like, wait, what's if I, I know I saw these characters, but if I could tell you their names, I don't think, you know, any of their names. I don't know. It's like, oh, here's John Russell or John Archer or John, whatever the captain, the agent, uh, agent yeah, zero US agent us agent agent zero captain agent america i also um, think you know i mean go yeah i, I go. thought
0: i you know I, I that was that was interesting like that whole thing with him was, was interesting i thought it could have been done better but i thought that they kind of dropped the ball on that a little bit like they had such a strong thing that they could have worked off of when he spoiler kill somebody and uh you know whatever but and and then the flag smashers there's only one of them that anybody gives a damn about but i thought she did a pretty good job and and their whole like if they had been more focused with their whole message like throughout i think that would have been more interesting because it isn't like a. it was like speaking to kind of immigrants and like you know where do where do you go when people tell you that there's no place for you and all this stuff. And I think that they could have been more strong with that. I think that the whole thing with Isaiah was really strong, mm-hmm. was really strong every time that they had things with him. And I really liked seeing where they went with that. There's a scene in the last episode that's like really Anthony Mackey's character, like turning to the camera and being like, here's the point of this series. <laughs> I like, oh my God, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, That was a little bit much. But like, other than that, I thought it was, uh, I, I thought that the back half was stronger than the first three episodes. And yeah, I thought it did a good job.
1: Well, I think Sebastian Stan, like you know, was understated but good. And it gave a good like counterpoint of like the over the top kind of pr- profess- professing that the Falcon stuff was or the captain eventually. I think Cap. I don't know. I don't know the costumes and the history, but that's that co- that uh, that that costume is god awful. I appreciated that the fighting got a little bit better, but I still think it was kinda useless and similar, like Invincible. I just kinda I blanked it out. And the best part was Baron Zemo, who you mentioned. And we could go, I could probably talk a while on that. I love Daniel Brühl. I love Ingrorious Bastards. I love him in Rush. I love him in all kinds of things. So uh, I would really, I would watch that show. I know there's talks that like, there's like the suicide squad of C-level bad guys or whatever, some kind of character arc that is available that he's involved with. I'm in. Uh, that Turkish delight scene is probably one of the most delightful scenes of the entire series. The small things, even the having tea moment, that's kind of the same. Mm-hmm. That whole that whole thing was so much fun. The rest of this show was not much fun. Uh, again, like Invincible, and I, I, you know, I know that this is all it's all serious and this is real, but uh, I, I'd lo- I wish there could be some, you know, some more Ragnarok and some less dark fates. I don't know. Feeling? I
0: don't know. I thought that there were some pretty good like light moments especially between the you know the uh,
1: anthony mackie and sebastian Stans characters and like it was banter though it wasn't like action you know what i'm saying like yeah, it wasn't like yeah. light moments like they were still like oh the boat is sinking we have to fix it let's have fun or like have a bake out, you know a fix out it was there's still problems here it was realistic so i'll give them that to the energy and like their earned problems but it still feels like between this and then wandavision i'm hoping uh you know we'll get into loki in a second i think but i'm hoping there's 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 a little more of a smirk uh in one of these series hopefully at some point because this is now 10 plus hours of feeling like i'm i'm getting lessons on all these characters and like their mental and the mental and all the problems we've done and all the problems we've had and it's like there should be something in here i don't well- know
0: I think if nothing else, yeah, for sure. If Loki's going to be that, like isn't the entire point of Loki. If if you don't do Loki with a smirk, like a show about Loki with a smirk, then
1: you're doing something wrong, I would say. Yeah, I mean, from what I saw there, and I've read some of the, the Loki, I forgot who wrote it, but it, I, I want to say it's, it's not Al Ewing, but I, I read the first Trade of that, and it's very interesting. There's like these alternate Loki's, and I think that's what it's going to be about from what I've been told or from what I've been reading. I yeah. try not to overread into this stuff and get spoiled and get or get excited in advance. Like, I thought that WandaVision was going to be the visions, and I was really excited, and then <laughs> it was kind of, but not really. So, all right, any last takes? Let's let's shut it down on Falcon and Wonder Soldier. Yeah, uh, like but that, anything else you want to leave it off on? Well, good, we've said it all. All right, so, uh Thanks uh, for, you know, uh, hanging with us while we just pooped on Invincible and gave uh, probably, I'd say, a middling recommendation for Falcon Winter Soldier to be it's about as, rewatch, about as watchable as one of the middle Marvel movies that, you know, you could skip if you want. This is an age, you know, Age of Ultron Plus or whatever. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back to give you a few hot takes on the upcoming calendar of comic adaptations. And we're back, so we're going to talk uh on the upcoming comics and movies and shows and Netflix and Hulu's and etc. calendar, and Steve's going to run down uh, a little bit of May and June for you.
0: Yeah, so I've got three things coming up in the end of May and June, which, you know, depending on when this gets released, this might have already started by now, but um we've got... At the end of May, May twenty first on Hulu, one I've been looking forward to for a while, and I, I guess I think they just released the, or I think they just said the date recently, but uh, Modoc coming out on Hulu. That's uh, Patton Oswalt's like show running this, and mm. it's, it's looking. I'm I'm hopeful that's going to be really good. So. Pretty pretty exciting,
1: then, I guess. Yes,
0: one for you, Joe, coming up Ooh. like the two weeks later,
1: June fourth. It's like five for me. This is like like triple hot zone everything <laughs> all the writers uh yeah this is why we started this podcast in essence this is the sh- this is one of them so yeah I'm yeah like, they better
0: it? not fuck this up because joe will just quit the podcast <sighs> but, uh
1: sweet tooth coming out on netflix on june 4th i hope it's better than lock and key i hope i can get back and watch the rest of lock and key we'll we'll get we'll get into this on an upcoming episode i will not i will not take over here and yeah. diverge I, us heavily
0: I do. I think I want to try and
1: read through Sweet Tooth before then. So I've got a, I've got like a month. So, <laughs> so maybe we got to, maybe we got to rejigger it up. I thought we, if you could, if we can schedule these up the right way and we're going to lean into that, then I would do a double, a, a full sweet tooth episode. There. I actually, I had posited maybe a Jeff Lemire overall episode. It's a Jeff Lemire comic. And Jeff Lemire is basically 60% of my reading diet, probably from the last three <laughs> years. So uh, the man does not stop writing. And most of it is not bad. So, I was going to say,
0: uh, I think he writes 60% of the comics that come out. So, yeah, that makes uh, sense. Um, he might be a robot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then uh, and then the last one is one, I think we've mentioned this already, but deserves a another mention. Uh, Loki is coming out on Disney Plus on June 9th. And that's going to be coming out on Wednesdays instead of Fridays. So a little change of schedule for the Disney Plus
1: shows. At least that one. I kind of like yeah. that. Kind of you know how many episodes that episodes.
0: is you know i don't know off the top of my head but
1: we should get the episode counts on here because that's always helpful for me i'm like if i see sweet tooth and it's 26 episodes which it's not going to be but no. i'm guessing it's probably going to be eight or ten because it's probably covid related it's probably filmed in canada because it, he's canadian and it's uh, we didn't even mention but sweet tooth if you don't know is about a young boy who's half deer i guess or half some kind of animal with antlers in it and it's like these hybrid animals like apocalypse oh, you know go back to apocalypse zone but if if anyone hits the apocalyptic zone harder than jeff lemire uh or jeff lemire i don't even know how to say his name there it then they are very busy and they've written a lot of yeah. things about yeah. the end of the world
0: so uh modok 10 episodes sweet tooth is eight
1: episodes okay Loki's, I'm guessing, would somebody. Sweet Tooth Tooth is a Hulu show? I thought it was Netflix. It's Netflix. Netflix. Why is it coming up as Hulu on here? It was originally produced, I think, by. That's right. It got moved to Netflix. Yeah. That's right.
0: Sorry. I didn't
1: mean to talk over you there. It's been in in long production. I know from the. I do a lot of research here. I don't have a uh, I don't have a episode count on Loki yet. I'm not sure if they released it yet, but I'm guessing it's somewhere between four and seven episodes. Is my guess below eight. Tom Hiddleston actually has um, a life outside of making Loki, so <laughs> doing a sequel more. to the Night Manager. Ah, uh, I'm in. Give me give me give me, give me a call. uh I'll yeah check it out. I uh, said so little little drummer girls better, but if you want to have a John the Car episode, I'm right here all the time <laughs> every day. All right, and so. Uh, we're done with our updates. You also can look that online, but if you have any uh, if you have any thoughts or anything about this, let us know we 'll give out all the info at the end of the episode, but we also love hearing feelings and uh, thoughts if you want us to cover something else or we 're something we 're missing so lastly uh we 're going to do our old what 's on the stack section so what we 've been reading what we 've been maybe watching a little. I don't want to say like every single thing I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of baseball. You know, we cover every baseball movie, uh, <laughs> baseball, baseball. Each game. game give us I've a rundown watched. of each game. I can give you every Padres game that I have to stay up till 1.30 in the morning because they have the longest <laughs> baseball games in, in the entire universe. So I'm going to let Steve tell us what's on his stack.
0: I actually just read the first volume of the Department of Truth. It's another James Tanyan book. I forget, I should know, but I forget who, who is the artist on it. But, um, you know, we did something's killing the children. So I was like, let me pick this one up. It is interesting. Very conspiracy theory, heavy. Imagine if you could very, um, almost like Sandman esque, like if you could, like the collective will of human humanity can will things into existence or keep them in existence Mm. or, allow them you know very american gods as well I like that type of thing this but is martin, martin simmons i have here as the artist martin simmons thank you thank you and then does this um, have any
1: vibe of the hickman stuff like it gives me that like just from the cover it has yeah, a very Yeah, a little bit news nightly news. yeah yeah a little Out bit nightly news
0: ish that type of thing um for okay. sure and then the other one uh, another one i wanted to mention actually is a show since you since you mentioned shows we're watching. Infinity Train just came out with season four. If you haven't seen this show yet and you aren't completely against watching like young adult type stuff, this is some of the best shit I've seen in terms of that, you know, very, very good storylines like the third season is absolutely awesome. And they're short. They're like twelve minutes long each, and there's you know ten a season or something like that. So, and what's that on? What what is it? Infin- uh, never it's heard Infinity of that Train, Infinity and Train. it is on HBO Max. HBO and Max. it actually the fourth season just dropped, and now it's
1: done unless somebody picks it back up. I what is it a, a manga or a thing, or just young adult, or what? No, it, a, it was
0: originally a, a Cartoon Network show. Um, okay, and they got dropped by cartoon network picked up for one final season by hbo max and and that's kind of it but it's a show that like nobody watched and it's a shame because it was really really good and now it's over
1: <laughs> well maybe i have to say that for your overlooked ser- series i i kind of made this pick pick this one out from your pile because it looked like i don't know overlooked but it's a newer thing and maybe not you know right in the eye of things when we, when we get the seeds. So I'm, I'm down to check it out. If you think uh, if you've heard, you've heard of my feelings on certain things. So if it's in the wheelhouse, <laughs> I don't want to just sign up for things that I'm going to poop on and I don't mind pooping. I, I don't mind doing a little, a little triumph on everything, but um, you know, I don't want to be Mr. Mr. Downer, Mr. All, the Downer time all the time. Or, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, I'm going to, We'll, add, we'll, it we'll add it to the list.
1: Add it to the list. I made a list so you can add it to the list, literally. Yeah, absolutely. One so, um, all right. So what's on the stack for me? There's always too much on my stack as per usual. Um, and I'm going to only cover what I read because, of course, I got into another library recently, and that means I have way too much from that <laughs> library. I read the Al Ewing. I thought you had recommended it, but the Al Ewing Immortal Hulk run, the first bu- uh, book or volume, two volumes. Well, oh. he's coming out with a new... Book. so i was i was talking about maybe checking that out when it when the first volume comes out but yeah okay gotcha so that oh, that yeah so that the other book that he's writing but this was actually really really good very gothic you know i've never been into so much horror but i'm telling you maybe it's the comics in me we've obviously covered a bunch of stuff and um, we've got one more one more in our final announcements of definitely on the horror side or at least the <laughs> the, 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 g- the gory side that i like immortal hulk al ewing scumbag volume one um i did not enjoy that much i I think you like some rick remender stuff but it's kind of um a guy who's like a real drunkard who gets infused with some kind of he thinks it's heroin and he takes his blue drug and he's like basically a superhero but he can only be a superhero if he has true intentions and he has this hot lady that he's with kind of has the vibe of that did you ever read that i think it's called the inhumans or the humans the one where they're like they're monkeys they're like monkey it's a monkey outlaw gang No. It's a very like outlaw gang, like I don't say white trash, but like the dude, but like on steroids scenario, the dude from Big Lebowski, it's, but not fun, not as funny, more of like a douchebag, which is the whole point. He's a scumbag. So he's like creepo. There's a lot of sex stuff. There's an orgy scene. So it's very R R rated for sure. um But it's definitely on the more fun side. I'll probably give it another 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 volume. I'm sure it'll get a chance. I read some of the Big Trouble in Little China adaptation that I heard was pretty good. I think that's from like Oni Press or one of the ones that does all, or Dark Horse that does all the movie kind of reboots. And then I've been watching Mayor of Easttown, which I love, is very much a hot, really gritty, really really gritty uh, detective story. So when I do my comic recommendations, you always hear things like that. But this is in opposition to what we've been talking about. This is a pure unexpected. I think they do a really good job of beating expectations on that. So that's on our what's on the shelf ish and what's in our eyes, et cetera. (laughs) So now we're going to do a little bit, uh, give you guys an update of what we're going to do next. And we'll always do that. And we'll probably put the the stuff up on our, our feeds and everything else. You'll get a heads up anyway. But uh, so on the next episode, we will be treated to my pick, which is yet another Gothic mystery. Uh, full of blood and villainy after I've complained about blood and overblood. This is the gothic Top Cows Postal from Matt Hawkins and Brian Hill. I believe Matt Hawkins is actually the CEO or the founder of of Top Cows. So I think he came up with the idea and it's like a co-written thing. And then Isaac Goodhart, is the art. So our discussion will cover the first arc. I believe it's only about four issues or four issues and a zero, maybe, you know, a little bonus. And just to give you a little taste, it's a, it's a story of a, of a town that's all, basically off the map that is full of super villains. And they're allowed to like villains, but they're only allowed to live there. They're not allowed to leave that. So it's all of a town of only villains basically. <laughs> and the mayor is a lady and her son is, I'm not sure if they ever really say, but he's something wrong. You know, he's autistic or Aspergery, Aspergery, where he's like, he's on the same spectrum where he's like very focused and can't do things. He can, he's very good at being a postal worker, but uh, this is kind of the arc of his life uh, or like of his journey when he kind of figures out that there's some shady shit going on in, in the town. So yeah, I'm looking forward to hearing Steve's thoughts on that. I I It was one of the recent books that I really plowed through and got really into. So and um, I, it, really good twists. And then we're going to do, uh, for, for many people that I know, the long-awaited uh, effort of when I try really, finally try to sit down and watch Rick and Morty. Uh, and I'm going to say, let's say about season one, I think it's about 10, eight to ten episodes. That's what I'm going to try to do. I actually have read, I think, six volumes of Rick and Morty comics and I've never watched the show. So I may be the only person in the world that enjoys reading comics of a show rather than the show that it's based on. So, (laughs) um, you know, either way, both of these sound like a real doozy to me. And if nothing else, I I know from Rick and Morty, we'll get some laughs in somewhere. So uh, any any final thoughts one more time for you, Steve? No,
0: man. Just check out those books that we mentioned in our recommendations and hopefully anybody who else who read it liked the seeds better than you did Joe but, <laughs> <laughs> but other than that
1: no no I think that's it. Thanks again for listening to us blather on about comics on bubbling up. if you have any comments questions or thoughts on the show please leave us a review on your preferred podcast platform because people love reading reviews. you can also email us questions comments more thoughts. Nice things, gifts, gift cards to bubbling up pod at gmail.com, or you could find us on Instagram, same bubbling up pod with a G. Until next time, keep flipping those pages.
0: Yeah, it's the same music as at the beginning. Our buddy Chris Morgan did it. The intro's so nice we used it twice. What? What show credits over here? All right. I was your production manager, Steve Urmosi. Still am, I guess. And the other guy was the brains of the whole operation, Joe Soria. We want to thank you for tuning in, and we hope we see you on the next episode. Uh, goodbye. Great timing.